Microphone check one, two. What's up, everybody? My name is Eric Adams, and welcome to episode two of Seat at the Table podcast. As I mentioned before, episode two, great achievement. Well over 57 plays based off of Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music. So a big thank you to all my family and even first-time listeners for the support. Back in episode one, I had the pleasure of interviewing Chef Lefty from uh, Lefty J's and just based off that interview, a lot of people were just hitting uh, different recipes and the locations. So hopefully everyone had a chance to go out and check them out. But on episode two, did did things a little bit differently. Right now, I'm actually speaking to a very good friend from a whole different state. This gentleman right here grew up with him, went to high school uh, in our culinary field. We started in the same class. This man has done amazing things in the field. And I want to introduce the world to uh, Mr. Jack London. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Proud of you. Absolutely. Thanks, Jack. I really appreciate it, man. So, you know, we haven't talked in a, in a little bit, but we've always stayed in touch on Facebook, you know, LinkedIn. And I just see all those amazing things that you've been doing, uh, not only for the for the city of Gary, but, you know, just as an African-American male, you know, uh, executive chef of the AFC chapter. I mean, that is a phenomenal, and I mean a phenomenal feat. So big congrats to you on that, my friend. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Just trying to move the ball forward. That's all. There we go. There we go. So, Jack, I may know a little bit about your story, but why don't you tell the world about your story? Sure, man. Um, so I'm, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but I was born in Colorado and not Gary. I actually moved to Gary when I was nine. So, uh, you know, Michael Jackson's our hometown hero, all that good stuff. <laughs> so moved, moved to GI at nine, and that's kind of where I grew up at. Um, you know, that's uh, where I experienced a lot of my first and fell in love with food and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I say two big things about me. Anybody that's ever talked to Chef Jack, they know I love food. And I love pro wrestling. <laughs> Those things, you know, pro wrestling is all about about moments and drama. And I think food can can you know be about that same thing. So um, that's a kind of a little bit about me, a little background. Uh, like you said, I grew up in Gary. We both went to the Gary Area Career Center. Shout out Miss Diane Lee. You know, <laughs> she's the one that uh uh. uh Lit, lit the flame for us. We've been running ever since. So, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and I, I definitely got to piggyback on that shout out. A uh, big shout out to Miss Lee as well as uh, all our other fellow classmates who's listening. Uh, but, you know, Miss Lee always just embodied, you know, that work ethic and, and striving for greatness because she really pushed us because she knew that there was something more in, in the both of us. So just, just to see everything to come to fruition, you know, that's just amazing. So, you know, discuss a specific accomplishment you've achieved in your previous your previous position. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. So I, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what it is I do now. So I work for a wonderful company called Affinity Group Michaels. And um, so what my job is, is, you know, when you think about... Um, when you watch a commercial, you know, maybe McDonald's has a new commercial and they tell you about the new hamburger coming to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And then you watch that commercial and you say, okay, I want to go to McDonald's and try the new burger, right? 
But if you think about it, like restaurants don't have a commercial that they can turn on to find out who's making the new products or what wonderful things is Smithfield doing with their ribs and Duroc pork. So essentially, my job is to be a commercial for restaurants. So I work uh, with different manufacturers such as Kellogg's and Smithfield Farmland to get their products stocked in different restaurants and schools and things of that nature. So, so that is what I do now. So it's a, a really, it's an awesome job that involves lots of travel. Uh, I work all over the Midwest. Uh, I cook in several different kitchens all over everywhere from Indianapolis. Uh, uh, I'm in Kentucky quite a bit. Currently right now I'm in Ohio working at a food show. Oh, wow. Uh, work, work a lot in Michigan, so lots of travel going on, man. It's a uh, it's a fantastic job and a lot of fun. So, Jack, you know, is entrepreneurship in your uh, in your in your future? You know what, man? I, I I think I was hoping you would ask me that because for whatever reason, you know, when somebody finds out that you're a chef, the natural progressive question is. So when you're opening your restaurant, and I will tell you, man, I am so not interested in opening a restaurant, maybe at some point a catering company or something like that, but, you know, just working in restaurants, uh, working in, you know, back of the house. Uh, I've been the uh, executive sous chef for the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, wow. At uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, I was the executive sous chef at Butler University, Aramark, and uh, Kentucky State University. I did that. I've been the executive chef for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis for the Catholic Church. So I have got more than my field of just, you know, the actual restaurant grind. So, no, I don't think I want to open a restaurant. At some point, maybe a catering company or uh, even better yet, being a food TV personality, so stay tuned. I got a few, uh, few coals on the fire. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now that's exciting, right there. Congrats. Yes, sir. I'm breaking news here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, tell me, uh, tell me about the ACF. So, all right. So, the American Culinary Federation. Um, this is something that uh, you know anybody that is into uh, food education. If you went to culinary school. I remember Miss Lee used to tell us about the ACF and about Junior ACF. And you know, the, the interesting thing about um, about my journey with the ACF is that when I went to college, like there were so many different opportunities to do stuff with the ACF. But for whatever reason, I was uh, too busy doing other stuff when I should have been doing stuff with the ACF. So it's something that really did hit me until later in life. Like... I used to want to be a, a fraternity guy real bad, you know, because I worked at a, a, you know, historically black college and I would see, you know, the camaraderie and that was one of my goals. So I tried a couple of times. It didn't work out for me, but I said, I'm putting this effort into trying to do that when becoming a member of the American Culinary Federation is something that can directly help and affect what it is I do for a living. So at that point, I kind of thought about it and I said, uh, you know what, I need to get affiliated. So got my membership and right after getting my membership, I hosted the first meeting um, at, you know, at Our Lady of Fatima, uh, where I was the executive chef at. So I just jumped in feet first, 
um, started really thinking about certification and things like that. Um, uh, if for those that don't know, uh, when it comes to like being any professional, there's a standard of certification. So, you know, when you uh, have a doctor work on you, you want to know that that doctor has went, you know, through the test that say that he's good enough to work on your body. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the American Culinary Federation is no different. Like, if you want to be a chef, there are many different levels. So my level, I am a certified executive chef. So what that means is that I have met the credentials to be a certified executive chef. I had to do a written test. I had to submit all of my uh, paperwork from all of the different restaurants and companies I've worked for. Had to get that signed off. After doing and passing the written test, I had to do a practical exam, which I had to practice for for a very long time. And, you know, just kind of, you have to be able to cook at a very high level with a very, very talented group of already certified executive chefs just kind of walking around with a clipboard and, you know, getting you here and getting you there. So once you finish that, then, uh, you know, you're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah. So I know that you mentioned uh, college, and I really didn't get a little bit of info, uh, backstory on that. Tell me where you went to college at. Yeah, so so that that's a good one. So I went to uh, what was then called Baker College in Muskegon, Michigan. So our good old Miss Lee took us there for a for a field trip. And at that point, that was like one of the first times where I was like, college is an actual thing that I can attain. So I uh, went to Baker College in Muskegon, Michigan, and uh, you were one of my classmates, yeah, you know, yeah. happy to say that, you know, shout out to Jamie and Chris Soa, you know, some of our instructors, you know, Jamie used to call us the Gary boys. I saw her not too long ago, <laughs> and she said that exactly, so. You know, that so going to Baker College, then it was called Baker College in Muskegon, Michigan. I don't know if you've been back, Eric, but uh, Baker College has grown up. Now it is called the Michigan Institute of Culinary Arts. I sure wish my degree said Michigan Institute of Culinary Arts, but it says Baker College. So, yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's so much more official. Now, I went, I visited. I mean, they got a sound stage where they can practice, like, uh, you know, for doing TV work and different stuff. I'm like, man, we when we went, it was Baby Baker College. Now, Baker College done grown up in his legal drinking age. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I actually uh, had an opportunity to, to go down there a few years back, and I was just amazed with the, the property itself, the structure, and compared to, you know, the Marquette Grill, I believe a yeah. Marquette room it was and how small yeah. it was and, you know, <laughs> and just that training. And I really, really enjoyed that experience. You know, that was one of the one of the few times where I was really like, wow, I mean, yeah, I've been exposed to so many different ethnic groups that, you know, predominantly in Gary, it's 95 percent African-American. And absolutely, just to go out there to college, it was just more of like, wow, there are more, like, there are other cultures than us. And just to see that and to mesh with other people and get to know other people, it actually helped me build confidence in my career because I was, a- yeah. I-, I was able to 
build relationships with you know African Americans, with Asians, with Hispanics, and and I think that was one of the great, what probably one of the best decisions that I ever made in my life. And I'm glad that you know you were able to join me as well as others, uh, other mutual friends that we have. So, you know what, Eric? You know what 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 was amazing to me? Just kind of piggybacking on what you said, like. I remember when we were in Miss Lee's class kind of trying to figure it out. And then when we went to Baker, you know, we kind of took the train and wheels off. And, you know, everybody was kind of kind of feeling it and figuring it out. I tell you, man, it it was so amazing to watch you because you were so shy when we were in Gary. <laughs> and then when we got to Baker, you really grew up, man. It was like I watched it right before my very eyes. And then the look up and see some of the great stuff you've done in Vegas, man. I'm, I, you have to know, I am super, super proud of you. And, uh, I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I, I got to be a part of that and got to see that. So I appreciate if, if, if I never got a chance to tell you, I'm proud of you. You've done great things and I'm watching, man. I appreciate it. You know what? That means a lot. And, and like I, t- I tell my wife and, you know, we, we know the story and the background and how hard you worked and, I tell her all the time, I'm like, this dude is just killing it. I mean, you're out there in Indianapolis. I was like, I want to go to a Colts game. I, you know, I was jealous every <laughs> Sunday. Every Sunday I was working. I'm like, this guy gets to watch the Colts play. <laughs> I was like, yeah. even though the Colts aren't my team, I'm a Bears fan. But I'm just yeah. like, you know. Yeah, they broke our heart. It's all good. It, it's all good. <laughs> well, I appreciate the love, man. So, Jack, tell me about your role model. So you know what I, I I have I have several so bear with me yeah no worries uh, you know and but 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 all for very different reasons so um, that one one I'll say so Scott Tope um, he is the chef that I would say introduced me to certification so like when I was working at um, uh, when I was working at Butler University uh, I was kind of doing a dining supervisor thing. And I remember one day he, he came and he was the executive chef and I just met him and he called me. He said, do you want to put that culinary degree to use? And I will tell you from the day he said that I have uh, really watched his moves and, and talked to him. He mentored me. Uh, he got certified and and when he got certified like they allow you to bring somebody with you to kind of wash the dishes and that sort of thing so I did that and I I watched it right before my very eyes like I was like wow you know because we have a view of executive chefs and you see them and it's like ah he's just sitting in the office he's not doing nothing and you know we all we all did that but Mm -hmm. I will tell you for me to see him step in that kitchen and command it the way he did. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever did. And at that point, I said, I want to be certified. So that that's what Scott told. Uh, Glenn Brown, Sam Brown, and Carl Conway. These are three of the most professional uh, chefs, but black chefs I have ever seen or been exposed to and to, to be in rooms and watch them. Like, when I would go and talk to them and I would look at the walls and I would see Chef of the Year, uh, certifications, uh, Best Chef Dish won this award, won that award. Like, for me, I was always chasing that. Like, I, I, would, I would take pictures. When I would go visit them, I would take pictures of their 
with all of the great things they've done. And I would be like, one day, I'm coming forward. And to be able to have that full circle moment with all of them who mentored me and now to be a certified executive chef in the current ACF Indianapolis Chef of the Year, all of that is stuff that, you know, my, I, I, I chase those things and now I got them. So I, I'm in a, mentally, I'm in a different space because now I'm not chasing those things. Now I am in a place of bringing people to that. People that felt like I felt that didn't know how to do it. I'm the guy that wants to say, hey, I watched greats do it and this is how it's done. So also, so on the female tip, Chef Suzanne Greer, who is our uh, ACF president and, and as a woman in a male-dominated industry, to see the great things that she's doing and and the inclusion and just to watch her break the glass ceilings that she is, I could not be prouder. I could not be prouder of her. Also, uh, I got two more people, very important. Uh, you remember Latroy Dante Court? Of course. He went to school with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to school with us. And, you know, he is uh, now a recording artist. So to see him, he always inspires me and makes me remember that I was bred for greatness. And I'm chasing that always, always chasing greatness. And I think most of all, I think my biggest inspiration and role model is my dad, Lawrence Fox. Like, uh, you know, my dad was there with me through like the most difficult times. And I can remember when I came home from culinary school at one point, and I was making, and I'll never forget this, I was making a potato salad, right? Uh So you know they teach us to do our chef cuts, right? So I'm making this potato salad, and I'm cutting every potato in this potato salad perfectly, a perfect dice, right? And my mom looks and she says, son, what are you doing with all the potato you're taking off? And my daddy was like, no. Let him do it. And, and and with that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wasted a lot of potato to get those perfect cuts. And just, my dad was always, I would watch him in the kitchen. I mean, my dad did a lot of stuff. My dad was a plumber, electrician, he built houses, he worked on cars. But my favorite thing to watch my dad do was cook. I would stand and watch him, and little did I know, watching him would lead me down the path that I'm currently walking on today. So those are some people that that really inspired me that I really wanted to put out there. And I appreciate and love each and every one of them. That's awesome, man. I mean, just to hear those stories and hear those people that inspire you. I mean, it seems like it was just a, a, a big family of people that just molded you into who you are today. And that's, and I can do nothing but congratulate you and, you know, a big thanks, Absolutely. big thanks to everybody that's been very influential to the person that you are, to the man you are. You know, man, they, they say it takes a village. And I, I believe that I am living proof because, you know, I tell people all the time, I am by no means the best chef in the kitchen. It's not, I'm not the fastest, quickest. I don't make the best sauces, but I will tell you this. I had enough sense. To listen to chefs that are far better than me 
and study and watch their movies and mimic exactly that. And that, to me, that's the key to success. And my hope is that there's somebody doing that with me. That at some point, I can inspire somebody the way that these people that I listed inspire me. Excellent. Excellent. So, got a, a, a few more questions for you before we wrap up, my friend. Absolutely. So, when have you been most satisfied in your life? You know, I would I would tell you this. Um, it's 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 a funny thing as far as just being satisfied. Like I always thought that. Um, well, you know, I'm in culinary school. If I get this degree, I'll be satisfied. That didn't do it. <laughs> uh, going through certification, I'm like, oh my god. I, I obsessed over it for so long and practice, practice, practice. I said, if I become a certified chef, I'll be satisfied. Nope, still not satisfied. Uh, I did everything I needed to do to become the chef of the year for all of Indianapolis. And guess what? Still not satisfied. I'll tell you, one of the most satisfying moments to me was when I married Nikita London, the love of my life. Um, and it's just because she believed in me and she has always inspired and pushed me and in so many different ways to me she reminded me and embodied my mother which is probably why I was in love with her because you know moms held it down and to see my wife who was a single mother taking care of two knucklehead boys that are now my stepsons and I love dearly, Trayvon and Michael, to, to see her do the things that she did, like, you know, going without Christmas gifts to get stuff for them and making sure they eat even if she didn't have anything and working two jobs. I can honestly tell you I am the most satisfied in my life when I make her smile. That 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 is that's me. That 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 right there, that brings me satisfaction. I'm still working on a lot of other stuff. I'm sure when I get uh, on the Food Network or any other thing, I'll be satisfied for a quick moment, but then I'll be on to the next one. So that's just how life works. That's how I stay inspired, right? Best piece of advice I've ever received: Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, buddy? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so I kind of have this answer already in the back of my mind. But what profession, other than your than you're currently in, would you want to attempt? <laughs> oh, you know, you know, you know what I'm gonna say, right? Of course. <laughs> so the other profession that I would like to attempt, well, no, let's say I would have liked to attempt. I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. I don't know if you've seen it lately, but I'm the champ because my wife bought me a belt. And so since she bought me the belt, the belt is on tour with me full time. So everybody gets to take selfies with the champ. So yes, I wanted to be a pro wrestler so bad. So can I tell you the moment when I realized I didn't want to be a pro wrestler? Tell me, tell me. I went to football practice and realized that I had to run and jump and do push-ups and all of that. And I said, you know what? Maybe I just like watching wrestling. Let me ride this fucking thing out, right? So, <laughs> yes, 
I want to be, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Now I would like to be a TV food personality. I've came pretty close twice. I almost made it on chop. So stay tuned. I got big news coming, folks. All right. All right. Looking forward to it. So yes, sir. last question of, you know, this amazing podcast, this amazing episode. And, and I like to ask this question because I, I really want to see, you know, the type of impact that we have, the, you know, the influence that we have. What type of impact do you feel you have on the Indianapolis community? But on top of that, what type of impact do you, would you like to have on our people back in Gary, Indiana? So, um, you know, I think about, about my impact a lot, you know, because um, coming from where we come from, you know, we, we grew up tough, you know, I, I, I really do believe that. But at the same time, I feel like no matter where you go, um, if you're looking for trouble, you can find it. So, you know, I it's trouble everywhere you go. Um, I, I think that kind of inspires you to keep your head on straight and, and, and make sure you're walking on the straight and narrow. Um just from a from an impact standpoint, I'll tell you, I don't know if you've ever heard of a program. It's called Second Helping in uh, Indianapolis. Funny story, that's where I met my wife at. <laughs> she was actually one of the students. I've got to tell you a little bit about Second Helping. Second Helping is a not-for-profit organization, and it, 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 it does a few things that, that when you talk about impact, I think it makes a huge impact. So one facet of Second Helpings is they rescue food. And by rescue food, I mean, like if a grocery store has stuff that's in the process of, of, you know, getting out of date and they can't sell it anymore, but it's still good food, Second Helpings will pick that food up. Second Helpings takes all that food, they take it to their actual building in Indianapolis, and they have a volunteer kitchen where the volunteers come and uh, they work with chefs to turn the food into usable meals and they feed places all throughout Indianapolis. Oh, wow. That, yeah, so so being affiliated with that program, I would say from an impact standpoint, it's probably one of, one of the most rewarding things that I do. I started uh, uh, teaching the vegetarian and vegan course you know, I always had a, a small interest in teaching, but um, we actually ended up sending uh, uh, one of one of our employees, uh, Scott Tope. This is another one of the guys who inspired me. So we had uh, one of our guys, and you know, sometimes you get in trouble in the summertime. So what we wanted to do was we saw potential in him. So Scott said, "I want to send him to Second Helpers because the other part of Second Helpers, in addition to doing the rescue food." The other part is they do job training. So anybody that's unemployed or underemployed can go to Second Helpings and learn uh, how how to cook, how to run line service, uh, how to do how to make omelets, how to how to do all the things that they need in the food industry. By the time you finish with Second Helpings, you have your uh, restaurant certification. You have serve safe certification. So in that 10 week, it used to be a 10 week program. Now it's a five week program 
But in that time, when you graduate from the program, you have the certifications that you need to be able to get an entry-level job in some cases or a better-than-entry-level job. So when you take somebody that worked in a field like my wife, she was in the medical profession for a long time. Well, she ended up, they downsized and she needed something to do. She was trying to figure out that interest in cooking. She went to second help. So, so to bring it full circle, she went to second help. The young man that we sent to second help, I said, since we're sending them, I'm going to go to second help and be involved. So talking to Carl Conway, he got me in to teach. So I started teaching. So my wife was one of the students in the class that I taught the first class of second help. So fell in love with it at second help. So that, that program means a lot to me. So it does a lot. And, and when you talk about impact, all the different facets, it, it touches people in so many different ways. And that's something that I love about food. Like, I don't care if it's uh, the most expensive wedding on the planet or if it's a repast for somebody who's passed. Like, food touches everybody. Everybody has a connection to food. No matter how many certifications I got, no matter how many hours I've worked in the kitchen, there's somebody's grandmother that will always make better chicken than me because that is what <laughs> they grew up eating. So, you know, I, I can come in with all the fancy cooking and fancy equipment and sous vide and all that, and somebody's grandma will let me know, baby, that ain't how you do that. Back in the day, we didn't have to do that. We did this. Food is something that touches everybody. So when I talk about and think about impact, second helpings makes a big impact. That's why I love teaching there. I love being a part of second helpings because that's an impact. And that's something that I can be able to see in the long run, great things happening from that particular program. So absolutely. That, that when I think about my impact, that's going to be my impact. And also, the other piece of my impact is so I am a member of the certification chair for the ACF, for the American Culinary Federation. So my job is to take people that want to be certified and show them the way and give them the tools that they need to be certified. One thing I felt like when I did my certification, there's a lot of pieces that, you know, you, it's a real uncertainty. You're like, well, should I do this with my chicken or that with my chicken? It's, it, it's a lot of uncertainty. So I spent a year having real bad anxiety about going through certification. My job now is to make sure anybody that wants to pursue certification does not have to have that same anxiety that I had. So that is the other piece of my impact. Through the American Culinary Federation, my goal is to get as many people certified as I can because that's something that can really change somebody's life change their pay structure and change their overall trajectory so yeah that so so those those are the pieces of ways that uh i like to give back so how do we where can we uh get in contact with second helpings is there a specific website or phone number yeah so second helpings is in india and it's uh secondhelpings.org and you can go on there, you can look at it, you can donate. They're always looking for, for donations for, you know, people that, because the, the food, it's a not-for-profit organization, but 
you have to be able to pay some of the, you know, some of these chefs that come in and help and 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 make the food that's going out to daycares and all of that. So yeah, if you ever want to donate or if you live in Indianapolis, like Second Helping, five days a week, puts out a free lunch that anybody. So if there's somebody that is down on their luck, don't have any money, you can come to Second Helping at twelve o'clock and get a hot meal and the meal is being cooked by the students that are learning the job training program so they're in there cooking and then that that feeds, food feeds the soul and you know i remember somebody told me one time um apply no they told me knowledge is power and and then somebody else told me applied knowledge is power like it can't be powerful unless you use it as the tool that it is. I can be the best cook in the world, but if I only do it in my kitchen, nobody will ever know. You got to get that, get out there and apply it and be able to enrich somebody's life. You know, yes, one of the biggest, biggest things that I've realized is that the world has a really dumb problem. And nobody mm-hmm. really thinks about this. And when I I start reading articles and start looking at it, the dumbest problem that we have in the world now is food waste. Yeah. Do you realize that? Food waste could be cross-utilized in so many different platforms that we haven't taken advantage of. Uh, You know, biodiesel fuel, uh, you know, like you said, with second helpings and things of that nature, there should not be any reason that food food waste is a problem in the world because there's always something that we can do with it. And just to, and just to hear that, you know, hear that calls that that's amazing. I, I have nothing but applause for you. So you know, I'm about to add on the applause uh, effect. You know, after this, and, <laughs> and, and, and see what we're doing, and see how I can work that in. But oh uh, yeah, we give you something to clap about. Don't no worry. <laughs> you know what though, we have in this country, we have what they call first world problems. Like in other countries, they have to use every part of everything in some way to be able to make it. Whereas here, you know, we a we're a country that'll. You know, take the take the ends off the bread, or won't eat. You know, what what did we used to call it? The butt bread or the heel bread? <laughs> like we threw that away. Like wasn't nobody eating the butt bread. You know what I'm saying? But like that's that's that is the luxury that we have in this in this country. And being able to get out, and I've done some traveling, and I've been to the Bahamas and a couple other places where you see people that that you know are really doing the best that they can and living off the land and trying to use and conserve everything because they have to. Whereas, you know, a lot of us, we just, you know, first world problems, whatever. <laughs> Throw the butt bread away. <laughs> you yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, absolutely, man. Excellent, excellent. So my last question for you, actually yeah. two more questions. So Chef sure. Lefty asked you a question about, you know, the step into entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. things of that nature. What, what is your response to Chef Lefty? Well, you know what, and, and that well, that's what I thought about, and, and, and I, I got a kick out of it, because I always tell my wife, everybody thinks if you're a chef, you want to work in the kitchen somewhere, but you know you know what I, what I will say, though, um, and, and, and by the way, Chef Lefty had, had an amazing interview, I, I enjoyed it, and afterwards, you know you're doing a good thing when somebody listens to your podcast, and 
hopped on the website to see what is what is Chef Lefty doing with this chicken? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so once once I listened to it, I was on me and me and Chef Lefty are Facebook friends now. It happened just that quick. Like I listened, I was like, oh man, this is this guy's awesome. So we Facebook friends now. But um, I think more than anything, in in regards to that, I, I will say this: as far as entrepreneurship is a great thing, but there are in in this industry. There are so many ways to contribute and be a great chef that all don't uh, involve being an entrepreneur. Nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. That's that's a great thing. But I'll tell you, so I am now, I'm in sales. Like I said, my job is to uh, be a commercial for the products that I represent for restaurants, right? Like that's a job. I so I have been in the food service industry this year for 19 years, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done the huge parties. I've done, you know, the stadium feedings. I've catered weddings. I never knew that what I do now for a living was even a thing. So I think I think my goal is to bring awareness. Like there are so many ways to contribute to the industry and be a great chef. Like, like there's uh, education. You can you can teach culinary arts. And I think about whenever I think about that. Whenever I teach at Second Helpings, I think about Miss Lee. Cause like, I don't even know if we were really all the way taking everything we were doing seriously. I mean, we we were having a good time. We were young, but. Believe it or not, man, I think about Miss Lee so much because she contributed so much and I didn't even realize it until we were gone and I was in Baker and then being a professional, you know what I'm saying? So there are so many ways to contribute from just being, you can be in sales, you can be in uh, research and development, you can work directly for manufacturers. You can work in a test kitchen, developing products. There are lots of different ways to contribute. Entrepreneurship is a great way to do it for those that want to go that route. If you choose not to go that route, my job is to tell you that there are options and there are lots of options. So, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well... I mean, now is the the time to go ahead and do your shameless plug. So <laughs> go ahead and uh, leave that platform on. So where can we reach you, Jack? So um, if you wanted to get in touch with me, so uh, I, and I haven't been doing good like I should with my Instagram. That's one of my goals this year to kind of switch that up a little bit. So uh, you can find me at Instagram at Big Jacks B I G G J A X X and Instagram or Jack. London on Facebook. Um, if I, I will tell you, anybody that follows me on social media, you know that I like two things. Food and wrestling. That's what I like. So when you see me, I'm either eating, cooking, or watching wrestling, or trying to wrestle somebody. And my wife went to sleep on me, so I guess I can't wrestle her tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. Well, I had a a pleasure of talking to you, man. And, you know, it's just amazing, you know, just sitting here, taking the time to, you know, introduce yourself to the world and just getting back to, you know, just getting back to to just hearing from you again. And, you know, can't be 
you know, words can't explain how proud I am of you. So, you know, congrats to you and your endeavors and the, the success that's going to continue to come your way. And I have a really good feeling about this episode. You know, I was sitting back just reflecting as you were talking. I'm like, this man has the juice. So, <laughs> so I appreciate you, it, man. You know, you, you know, you you done amazing, and just continue to keep it going, my friend. So, you know, once again, thanks a lot, Jack, and uh, to all, all my it, my. You, you know what? You know what? Can I ask you something? Absolutely. So you you have I I know that you you are big on paying it forward, right? Yep. And 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 so you started this podcast is as a way of minorities in the hospitality industry just to have a voice. Like like you you saw a lane that was not being satisfied and you didn't just wait for somebody else to do it. You got out here and did it, man. I commend you for that. So, uh, I, you know, I like the pay it forward segment. So I got a couple questions for your next guest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I got a couple questions for him. So whoever your next guest is, that'll be slightly less awesome than I am. But I'm just saying. No, I'm just joking. But um, so I would like to know to that guest what inspires them about food. And also... What are you going to do to leave this industry better than you found it? Great questions. Yes, sir. So I look forward to hearing the answers to that question because you got a fan in me, buddy. You got yeah. a fan in me. I'm proud of you. Very proud of you. You, man, man, I, what can I say, man? You done, you done really grown up, man. You Thank done really you. grown up. You I done pre- proud. Dunn is proud, man. I appreciate she it. She has known for more than just Michael Jackson now. <laughs> Eric Adams is here. And I'm dropping the microphone. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Jack. I appreciate it, my friend. And, and you know, please, we got to stay in touch afterwards. But all my listeners, all my uh, influencers out there, anyone that just wants to get in touch with me, you can reach me on Instagram at Eric Sat, S-A-T-T, Hospitality Group on Instagram, as well as on Twitter. Those are my Twitter ham- handles. I'm, also, I'm on Facebook as well at Eric Adams. There may be multiple Eric Adams, but just look for Eric Adams in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure. So, Jack. Congrats once again, my friend. Happy Sunday. Sorry about your coats. You know, that was kind of a, <laughs> that was kind of a, a disheartening moment. But, you know. Okay, yeah, that's, what that's, can you say? Maybe. That's why I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> we just make it. We make whoever want to win, win. There you go. There we go. All right, Jack. Well, thanks a lot for everything and all to my fans and, you know, my family out there. I love you guys and uh, look forward to episode three. Likewise. Right. Love you, brother. All right. Have a good night. You too. Thank you.